giant robot smashing into other giant robots. This is the Giant Robots Smashing into Other Giant Robots podcast. I'm your host, Chad Pytel, and with me today is Aline Sims, the Phoenix Camp organizer for the wonderful organization App Camp for Girls. Aline, thanks for joining me. Hi, thanks for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. So we met for the first time in person uh, recently at the Release Notes conference in Chicago. And it wasn't the first time I've heard of or you know talked to anybody about AFCAMP for Girls, but we got a chance to connect in person. And I knew that I had to have you on the show to talk about the organization and what you're trying to accomplish. And in particular, the Indiegogo that you have for sort of the next phase of App Camp for Girls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So why don't we start off, if you could just give an overview of what App Camp for Girls is, and then we'll go into what you're trying to accomplish next. Okay. So App Camp for Girls is a five-day summer camp for, as the name implies, girls, but also transgender and non-binary youth. And what we do in five days is basically teach kids a development process, what that might look like. So we go in, we start calling them developers the very first day from the moment they walk in the door. By the end of the first day, they have a Hello World app because you have to have a Hello World app. Um, that's built in Swift Playgrounds for iPad. And by the end of the second day, they will have a calculator app. We really try to get the calculator app done the first day too, but sometimes that doesn't work out. So mm-hmm. by the second day, they've already built two apps. Then we split them into groups and have at it. We have a basic app structure that they need to follow. We call it four, the four buttons mm-hmm. app. And they get to decide what that structure looks like. A lot of the time it's a quiz app. Sometimes it's like a choose your own adventure type app. And by the end of the week, they have built an entire app. In addition to that, they've created their own artwork for it. They've created their own icon. They've gone through design workshops and icon design workshops. They've gone through presentations workshops because one of the things we do on Friday is they get up in front of a group of a panel of four or five investors mm-hmm. um, in air quotes who um, they, they pitch the app to just kind of like you would for, you know, like VC type funding, just so that they get like this full spectrum of what it looks like. And what we see from these five days is kids really excited about tech careers where they weren't before because they had Mm -hmm. this view of like, oh, if I want to work in tech, I'm going to sit in front of a computer and I'm going to write code. And then we have them, you know, playing on iPads, which is always a big draw, right? Or, you know, with sketch pads, drawing things out or, you know, thinking about color choices, thinking about user experience, thinking about button placement, doing, we've had kids who are very enthusiastic about proofreading the copy on each page of the app and teaching them that tech careers are not just one thing. Tech careers are really broad and they can do a lot of things within that. Yeah, that that was one of the things that struck me when I first started hearing about App Camp for Girls. And that was, and it sounds obvious in retrospect, but to instill in them the idea or the understanding and hopefully the excitement that working in tech can be so much more than just writing code. And so many people I meet in the community Um, I personally have done a lot of work at coding boot camps and that sort of thing. And I meet people all the time where they just never got exposed to what it actually was, either because of their economic situation or their cultural one. They just never got exposed. And they, I hear people say, I never knew that this is what it was. 
And I think back to the advantage that I had. You know, my family wasn't particularly well off or, or anything, but just I, they managed to buy me a used computer at a garage sale. And there's so many people in the world who would respond to technology the way that I did, which is it clicked for me and I loved it and wanted to do it. And there's so many people who haven't had that opportunity and had that exposure. And so I think it's important to expose as many people as possible to that. I totally agree, especially as, you know, even now the world is very much a a technical place, like everything everything is built upon technology, whether it's, you know, databases and spreadsheets tracking widgets or the actual like robotic production of widgets to the apps that we use to like everything, everything right now is predicated upon some kind of technical knowledge. And the better we do at teaching people about that early, I think the better off we are because I don't see that going away. I see the way of the future being, you know, automation and and programming and, you know, like robotics and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff and not so much the, you know, training up the workforce like we've been accustomed to for hundreds and thousands of years. Yeah. So what are the ages of kids that are going to app camp? Uh, going into the eighth and ninth grades. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and the reason we do that is because this is when studies show that girls specifically start losing interest in tech. And there are a couple of reasons for that. One is a kind of a lack of mentorship. So they look around at the people who are in STEM careers, really, and they think, oh, you know, I don't see any women who are scientists. Oh, I don't see any women who are math teachers or, you know, whatever. And so they start to lose interest because they don't have that mentorship piece. And also girls are kind of discouraged from doing it. Um, We do welcome transgender non-binary youth, too. Um, And the reason I speak to girls specifically, and I want to be clear, is because, like, those studies for transgender non-binary youth don't really exist. Mm. So, not to be exclusionary, it's just like we don't have the data on that. Right. Um, so what's some of the history? I know that you're the Phoenix organizer. So where has App Camp taken place and how is it happening now? So camp started in Portland, Oregon, um, and that's where our headquarters is now. That's where our executive director is. That's where, you know, obviously our longstanding, our longest standing volunteers are um most of them are kind of Portland area. Um, the next camp that started was in Seattle, Washington. I might have my dates mm-hmm. off a little bit. There might be like an off by one error here. So, but I think the first Portland camp was in 2013 and the first Seattle camp was 2014. Both of those have been going on since then. Um, and then Vancouver, British Columbia was 2015. 15. I think I have my dates wrong. But anyway, Vancouver, British Columbia, then Phoenix started. And this year we brought Chicago into the fold. So we're kind of in a lot of places and looking to expand. Yeah. Is it one session per summer in each of those places? Portland does too. Portland does too uh, because they had the demand for it. Phoenix currently only has one. We did have pretty high demand this year, um, but you know it's volunteer based. Yeah. So getting that critical mass of volunteers is a little bit difficult to do two camp sessions a year. Yeah. So where do you find that the attendees come from? Why are they coming? Who's forcing them to come? Are they doing it on their own <laughs> volition? 
Every once in a while. So we do intake and outtake surveys mm -hmm. for several reasons. One, for our own edification. Um, but sometimes we'll get a survey and it'll be like, I saw something about AppCamp on, I mean, it's been featured on a couple of news programs. So like mm -hmm. Innovation Nation with Mo Rocca. And I really wanted to go. Like occasionally we'll get that. Mostly it's my parent is making me come and they don't think they're going to have fun. They're like, whatever, I'm not at all interested in this. Um, so, so most of the time it's a parent or guardian type situation saying, you know, you need to do this and whether it's to get them out of the house for a week during summer break or because they want to encourage their, you know, their kids into technical careers mm -hmm. or at least, you know, spark maybe an interest in technology, um, is, you know, not data we collect. So I can't speak to that, but typically it's parents forcing air quotes, forcing their kids to come. <laughs> <laughs> Are the parents, do they have a background in technology? Is that a common thing and they, they want to get their kids involved or is it other experiences? You know, I, I don't know across the board. I think that that currently is the case most of the time, um, especially for our initial camps like in, mm -hmm. in Seattle and Portland, um, where it was really a grassroots type thing. To, to get everything going. And it was really this force in the tech community. And they have a lot of awareness in those tech communities, especially, mm -hmm. you know, for Phoenix camp, it seems like we have kind of a mix mm -hmm. of people who are, who are, you know, tech careers. Um, we hold our camp at Arizona State University. Um, so we get, you know, kids of professors in sometimes, um, and often they're, you know, kind of the technical professors and not so much the, you know, the humanity sides of things. Cool. So there's an Indiegogo Live now, which we're going to link in the show notes. I want everyone to contribute that is listening, and ThoughtBot is going to be doing a matching campaign. So we are going to match everybody's donations up to $10,000. So please go to the URL, tbot.io slash appcamp to donate today. And like I said, ThoughtBot is going to match your donations, and we really want to make this campaign a success. Yes, please. There are rewards, right? There are absolutely rewards. I can talk about the rewards. Yeah, you want to talk about the rewards? Yeah. Um, so we're actually working on revamping the rewards a little bit, the backer perks a little bit, but we have a t-shirt um, with this cute little app camp logo. Our logo is an owl and we've uh, come up with a campaign only t-shirt and also some scout books, uh, pocket size scout books. So think of field notes, but based out of Portland is basically what those are. We also have a digital EP put together by the double clicks. So if you like geeky, empowering music, that is a great perk. And yeah, those are the high level things. We have some others too, but we're working on um, introducing some new stuff too. So we'll see what happens over the next little bit. That's great. And reminder that everything you donate, AppCamp is a nonprofit. So outside of the perk you get, it's a tax deductible donation. And so I'm going to keep on now encouraging people to, you can stop the podcast. It's okay to go do that and check that out. <laughs> And they take Apple Pay. They yes, take Apple Pay. It's they take Apple super Pay. quick and painless. I have done this and uh, I can vouch that it takes like five seconds. Apple Pay. <laughs> I don't even think you need to enter in anything if you don't have an Indiegogo account. It just does it automatically for you. It's super yeah, it's simple. Quick. It's a really great cause uh, that is close to if you're in technology, which I know you are because I don't know why you would listen to this podcast if you weren't. Encourage more people in underrepresented groups in technology to get involved. It's a really important cause and uh, it's okay to pause the podcast and go do it now. Okay. <laughs>
So I'm going to stop. You're going to go do it. Okay, now we're back. Okay. <laughs> um, and hopefully so everyone just donated. I want to take a quick break to tell you about today's sponsor for this episode. It's called Storyblocks. Have you ever built a website and needed a high quality stock image, video, or audio? If you've tried, you've probably learned that it's a lot more expensive than you might expect. Well, Storyblocks does it a little bit differently. They have a library, including 400,000 images, 150,000 videos, and 100,000 audio clips. And you pay one monthly fee of $149 a month, and you get access to the entire library. You can use anything you want in that library. Royalty-free, thousands of images, videos, and tracks. Uh, you can go to storyblocks.com slash robots to get all of them. That's storyblocks, S-T-O-R-Y-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com slash robots to download everything and unlock discounts on millions more. Thank you to Storyblocks for sponsoring today's podcast. And now back to the show. So what is the campaign trying to accomplish? We want to expand, basically. Um, so we are, I'll give a little bit of background. We are searching for an executive director. In AppCamp's history, we've never had an official executive director. Um, Jean McDonald, who is one of the co-founders of Camp, has kind of been doing all of this kind of on her own. And she's like, you know what? I don't have a lot of experience in nonprofits. Let's hand this over to somebody who does and who can really, really help it grow and do it justice and, and do it in you know a way that's appropriate for this space. And so when Jean made that decision, we had a group of people come together and did some pre-planning and submitted a proposal to the board. And basically we talked about like, should we retract? Should we just be in Portland? Should we just be in the US? Should we just keep established camps and not expand anymore? And I think unanimously, everybody on that committee said, no, we should we should expand this program. It has value. It's unique. There aren't any other um, tech programs and uh, especially like mobile app making programs like that. Um, so we are unique we are providing a different perspective on things we need to expand. And so that's what this Indiegogo is doing. So we set a goal of establishing three new camps in three years. So by 2020, having three more ongoing camps. And what that'll do is that'll allow us to reach 60 more kids a year. And then, you know, this is kind of a short to midtermish plan as we get an executive director in and established and get some of the, you know, the groundwork, whatever. I don't know what they need to do, mm -hmm. but like whatever, whatever that stuff is that they need to do so that then hopefully we can hit the ground running in 2019, 2020 and really, you know, be able to get the ball rolling with, with expanding more. Yeah. And you already mentioned that the organization at this point is entirely volunteer run the camps, right? Yes. And the attendees, they do pay, right? Um, something. Yeah, we we do have a, a fee for camp. It doesn't mm -hmm. cover the cost of right. camp. But because we want this to be accessible to everybody, we do offer financial assistance. Right. Right. And, you know, like I can speak to Phoenix camp, most of our kids had some kind of financial assistance, not 100%, right. but something. Chicago right. camp, same thing. I'm sure other camps too. Financial assistance is huge right. to helping us reach kids who might not be able to come otherwise. Right. And so is it safe to say that a big portion of the proceeds from the Indiegogo are going to go to making sure people can attend? 
Yeah, frankly, a lot of it is the cost of equipment um, because we've got to buy, we share equipment between camps, um, Mm -hmm. which is much more cost effective um, since it's, you know, just one week a year in most locations. It's much more cost effective to ship it than it is for each camp to have its own set of equipment. Um, But we will need to buy at least one other set of equipment. So that's, you know, that's 20 iPad Pros, 20 Apple Pencils, 10 15 inch MacBook Pros. Like that's a lot of money right there. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's honestly, that's a lot of the cost is getting the equipment, but also definitely making sure that if a, if a child wants to attend camp and they're eligible in that they're in the right age group and can get to camp um, because we don't provide transportation, but if they can hit those things, we want them to be able to come. That is mm. incredibly important to us. And um, it's something that we, you know, we just, we really strive to make things accessible for everybody. Yeah. One of the things we talked about when we were in person is the idea of expanding to three cities, but the cities haven't been identified yet. Part of the process is, the or the biggest blocker, I guess, is having engaged volunteers in the cities that can make it happen, right? Yeah, the big one is really the organizer. Um, mm-hmm. In the process of doing this, that discovery process earlier this year, I sat down with one of our longtime volunteers, uh, Maya, who's been, she was like an alpha camp. So before, you know, app camp really got off the ground, they had an alpha camp with just a few kids. And she volunteered at that camp and has been a part of at least one session every year since. So she and I sat down and crunched some numbers and we figured that it's about 700 volunteer hours to get the first camp organized in a city. Mm-hmm. The, co- the the cost, <laughs> I guess the cost of time goes down quite significantly for year two. But year one, there's, there's a really big ramp up because not only do you need to find volunteers, but you need to find space. Hopefully you can use that same space next year. You need to order, you know, like banners, you need to get easels for posters, like all this kind of like the little stuff that all adds up. And then just like getting really familiar with the program and making sure that all of the volunteers are really familiar with the program. It adds up pretty quick. So that is our, in my opinion, anyway, that is our biggest bottleneck mm-hmm. is finding a team of people. We don't expect one person to do this, but a team of people who can spare 700 hours over the course of six to eight months. It's a little bit difficult to do. So we've got to find someone who's like really committed to making it happen. And a lot of people are enthusiastic, but really being able to invest that much time in it is a challenge. It's a challenge for me. And, you know, like I don't have yeah. kids, so it can be it can be hard. Yeah. So assuming that everyone has already donated to the Indiegogo campaign, what's the best way that other people might if they say this is a great idea, I want to get more involved? How might people do that? So the thing I would plead right now is please spread the word about the Indiegogo. Um, Right now it's set to end on November 9th. We can expand or we can push that date out a little bit more. Um, I'm not sure if we will or not. So we need people to spread the word. That's the number one thing. And to just spread the word about camp in general so that we can potentially reach more potential volunteers. Um, All of our volunteers are women, transgender, and non-binary people. So, you know, we're asking already marginalized groups who already do a lot of kind of emotional labor in the workplace to also volunteer time. So it can, it, it's difficult. We, we totally get it, but spread the word, tell people about the program on the website. Uh, if you go to ac4g.org, 
um, and that's the number four, there is a contact form that you can fill out and let us know that you're interested. And even if you're not a woman or transgender non-binary, you can fill out that form and say, hey, you know, I can provide space. I can buy snacks. I can deliver lunches, you know, that kind of thing. We do provide lunches for our volunteers and that kind of thing. So that kind of logistical, like boots on the ground help. If you're in a city where we might be going, that could inform whether we go to that city or not. So that's hugely important. And then, you know, just general cheerleading. We can always, you know, it helps a lot to check Twitter and see people talking about App Camp for Girls. Like, at least for me, it's a good, it's a good little moral boost. Like, oh, yeah, we're, we are impacting things. And that's really important. So... I can't stress enough. Many of us just dropped a thousand dollars on an iPhone ten. I know. <laughs> and so, if if this is something you care about, just take a minute to appreciate that we need to be creating the next generation. And if we can afford to spend a thousand dollars or more on a new iPhone, every little bit counts. And we can certainly afford as well-off designers and developers and entrepreneurs to support this campaign and make AppCamp successful. It would be a shame, honestly, if this campaign didn't fund. And so it, also, if you work at a company that you think that this could be something that the company could support, tell your boss, if you have a company credit card and you have purchasing power, even better. <laughs> <laughs> and you have the authority to use it for things okay, like this okay, is what I mean. Go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, get involved. Get your company involved uh, in funding this campaign and make sure that Camp for Girls thrives, not just survives. And we are a nonprofit, so it's through Indiegogo, but your contribution is tax deductible minus the cost of a perk. I do have to specify that. Mm. Um, so if you need some kind of voucher for that, you can just you know get in touch with me and I can make sure that you get a voucher for that. It's also eligible for contribution matching from many employers who do nonprofit matching. So if you work at a company that'll match a contribution, if you donate five bucks and you submit that to your company, that gives us 10. Yeah, so if so you work at an employer that matches nonprofits, you you can triple your now by That's donating neat. through the ThoughtBot URL. ThoughtBot will match your donation and then your employer will too. That adds up. Like we start the perks at $10. If you can afford $3, we would really appreciate your $3. Like that adds up, you know, as you're spreading mm -hmm. across an audience and, um, never feel bad for donating $3. If that's all you can, if that's all you can swing, like we will take it with a lot of gratitude. Mm -hmm. So do you have a story you could share about a particular camper or something that really stuck out to you in your mind? Yeah. Um, so I volunteered at a couple of camps this summer and I won't say which this mm -hmm. was, where this was, um, just for her, you know, for her yeah. protection. But we did have, we had this, I told part of the story at release notes. So if you have a lot of crossover and release notes listeners, they'll have heard at least part of this, but we had one kid who came in and before camp started, her guardian wrote to the organizer of her camp and said, hey, I, I've looked at the form for financial assistance. We are off the chart, like below mm -hmm. what's listed on there. You know, I really think she would love this. This this kid is inquisitive. She's so smart. She she loves this kind of thing. And I would love for her to go, but I just can't afford your lowest tier. And so we went to the board and we said, you know, what can we do for this kid? And the board said, let's just ask them 
what they can afford to give. And so we had, you know, kind of that negotiation and, and they saved the money and paid that so that she could come to camp. And, um, she came in and she was like kind of constantly had her head in her hands and kind of pulling her hair, just, you know, ever so slightly really frustrated. And then she would get something like she would get a concept. We'd be working in, you know, first day Swift playgrounds or whatever. And she would get it. And her whole face lit up. It was this incredible thing. She's like, because <gasps> she was like, she went from, I'm never going to understand this. I'm never going to get it. I'm never going to get it to, <gasps> this is amazing. And that was, that was really cool. And um, on that first day, I, I did lunch duty. So we try to rotate lunch duty and have a couple of volunteers with all of the kids so that the rest of the volunteers can go kind of take a break. And so I was on lunch duty that day. We were talking. Um, no, it must have been Tuesday. We were talking at lunch. And she said something about how her phone had died on her way to camp um, or on her way home from camp the day before. And so I was like, okay, just give me your phone in the morning. I'll make it a short charge. But what I found out was that she was taking the bus and she lived in an area that didn't have great bus service. So she, in the middle of summer, was walking a mile to the bus, taking the bus for over an hour to get to the camp location, going through everything all day. And then doing the same thing to go home. And it wasn't a cool summer. Um, it wasn't during these sessions. It was not cool at all. And every day she was doing this. And then she was one of the kids who said to me, you know, like on Thursday of that week, she was one of the people who was like, we go to the library for these like coding camps. And what they do is they give us a sheet of paper and we take what's on the paper and we type it into our keyboard and then a thing happens on the screen. And I thought that's what this was going to be. And that's not what this was. This is really cool. And I am going to carry the memory of this child with me as I continue to do things for App Camp because it's like, yes, this is what I'm here for. Like, this is what I'm here for. Is And she didn't complain once. She didn't, you know, other, other than getting frustrated because concepts were hard and they are. It's a steep learning curve. Like I kind of aspire to be her a little bit. She was she was amazing, and she was it. She's she's what I do this for. That's great, Aline. If people want to follow you online, I know you do some other podcasts. Um, <laughs> where, where can where can people follow you? Oh Lord, I don't even know where to start. So I'm on Twitter. I'm at Aline. Um, I. I alienate people on Twitter, so I don't know if you want to follow me. Read through my read through my tweet stream and see what you think. Um, I also do podcasts on the Incomparable Network from time to time, um, and that's at I think theincomparable.com. And um, there's a way you can get to all the episodes that I've done if you're that interested. Um, I also have a podcast on uh, Relay FM. It's called Originality, and my host Kate Tempest Bradford and I talk about creation and creativity, and we're really trying to drill down and figure out where ideas come from where what are the roots of creativity and creative genius well thanks so much for joining me i can't stress enough you know take a minute and follow the link in the show notes and make this campaign happen all of the attendees whose lives you affect are going to appreciate you for it and just a quick note before we go i as someone listening to this podcast i can make the presumption that you probably enjoy listening to podcasts so i wanted to tell you about a new podcast that thoughtbot's doing in conjunction with upcase going in-depth with developers and discussing the ambitions and apprehensions they tackled along their coding journey. It's called Crossroads, and you can find it at medium.com slash addupcase or wherever you download podcasts. Take a listen. I enjoy it, and I think you will too. You can find show notes for this episode at giantrobots.fm slash 253. 
This episode is brought to you by ThoughtBot and produced and edited by Tom Obarski. See you next time.